Chapter 36, Labor Day. As the jury begins deliberations in his murder trial, Archie makes a surprising request about how he wants to spend his final days of summer. It's, we're back in the doghouse, we're back in the doghouse, full time. Dancing with my head is not going to work on a podcast at no, all. No, it doesn't make it across, but why don't you uh, recap that recap? Oh, it's been so long. Mm-hmm. Let's recap it. the recap. Hiram's corrupting Riverdale. Jughead wants Betty as a serpent queen. Veronica bought Pop's chocolate shop. Hal is the Black Hood. Polly brings Alice to the farm. The Andrews affix the jalopy. Archie's the class president. Hiram had Cassidy killed. And then Archie's framed for his murder. Pretty much. So we open as we usually do with Riverdale with some Jughead narration. And we see Veronica's working at Pop's. Betty is working with Mary and Attorney McCoy. Yay, paralegals. Yay. We see the core four playing at a swimming hole, and then we cut to the courtroom where we are in the closing arguments of Archie's trial. Uh, it's super sweaty. Every like they've got fans going. You got ladies with fans. It's a little ridiculous because it's not the deep south. I wanted to be annoyed, but there is a level at which Old Town Courthouse in the Northeast doesn't have air conditioning. Mm-hmm. That is. A very real possibility. True. They don't have central air. Yeah. So we we meet, uh, I don't even know what her name is, I don't care, uh, Miss Wright, uh, played by Penelope Ann Miller. She's the DA. In an utterly forgettable role. Hopefully she comes back. I could see her coming back. Since she's like kind of a featured actress. Mm-hmm. She lays out all the reasons why Archie is guilty. And what I liked with what they did with this is she references, you know, he's started not one, but two mass vigilante groups. And they show us the flashbacks of those things. They show us Archie pulling a gun on Sweet Pea. Like, we see the things that, ooh, this doesn't make Archie look very good. Yeah, it's a nice little recap. For yeah. Archie's total character. Yeah. This whole scene is. And then we get the same thing when Mary does her closing arguments. We get the flashbacks to Archie, you know, um, helping out Cheryl Blossom, you know, uh, serving food to the serpents when their homes were messed up. So that's nice. That was a nice little way of reminding people of where we've been in the first two seasons. So that was great. They rest so that the jury can go do their deliberations. Except... You gave Molly Ringwald this piece of trash monologue to, to say? Well, she didn't do anything with it either. That's fair. So. Molly Ringwald may have peaked in the 80s. The writing for her has been bad, so I can't really blame her, but she's not doing anything with it. So we, we get into the hallway and we we hear people talking. You know, Josie, all the parents, all the friends are there. So Josie and Kevin are talking with Sheriff Keller and attorney mccoy and we see betty at the water cooler she's taking some pills fred's reassuring mary and then we get archie kind of moping moping and we see this flash of all of the kids at the lake and archie's in like the water and the friends are walking away from him and then all the core four have met up with archie you know he's moping on the staircase and this is something that i noticed that then i then later saw that cole sprouse made a decision that jughead's just going to be eating all the time Because it calls back to the comics. Yeah. Jughead's always hungry. He's always eating a hamburger. So apparently this season, Cole's made a bigger push to be eating all the time, which I like. Yeah. And is needed. They just talk about, you know, it's going to be okay. And uh, Archie brings up, hey, remember Sweetwater Swimming Hole? We used to go there all the time. And they're like, yeah, I was just thinking about that, too. Why would we stop going? And they have this exchange like, oh, yeah, because we got covered in leeches, to which one of them says, was that us or was that a movie? Which is another great little wink. And they, they argue, oh, no, it was definitely us. And that's so a, what? I don't get it. It's a Stand By Me reference. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. I haven't, but I know it's a, a Stand By Me reference, which is also great because, you know, they find a body. So, cool. <laughs> Uh, and so they, they're just like, yeah, we should go there. That'd be fun. And Kevin comes and gets them. It's like, judge wants us back in courtroom. We get to the courtroom. And we speak to a very, very serious judge. 
Yeah. Jury hasn't made a decision. They've been sequestered. So we'll reconvene after Labor Day. Everybody have a vacation conveniently. Young man, you should spend this weekend with your family and your loved ones. I've got so many problems with this trial. Why is he on trial for first degree murder? That's what I want to know. This is second at best. Because he didn't premeditate it. We haven't seen the trial. So we don't know what the actual evidence against Archie is, and it doesn't really matter. Fact is, he's on trial for murder. Yeah, I know. That's well, bringing and we up know the he's charge. been framed. That's all we need to know. It would have just been nice if they said murder, because making it first degree is weird. They could they could have left it more vague, especially because then we get into the whole manslaughter thing, and it's just a whole whatever. But we go to the hallway, and everybody's leaving, and Hiram is a dick. Of course. He tells Archie to have a terrific weekend, and Fred punches him, and it's great. Fred fucking Andrews with the left hook. Mm-hmm. Also, may I say, I noticed Luke Perry acting with his back. <laughs> okay. He does this a lot. I, it's It just really cemented to me. Mm-hmm. Every time he has to do a turnaround, you see every emotion in his body through his back muscles. Weird. As Hiram calls Archie back, you can see... Luke just go to before he turns around and you can just see him move about it. Back acting's really cool. It's awesome. So we cut over to Pops and we see Dilton and Ben, blonde guy who's keeps showing up. They're playing what appears to be D and D. You know, there's there's dice, there's, you know, a cover over what one person's doing. It's a typical D and D setup. Jughead comes by and is just like, What are you doing? And Dilton starts saying, well, it's called, and Ben interrupts him and says, shut up, Doily. So they never actually call it anything. But it appears to be D&D. Right. That's what a, a glance would be. Oh, they're playing D&D. Whatever. That's Except fine. it's going to have to be something in Gargoyles. Probably, but we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so we go over to the core four, and they're just talking about what they need to do. They got to find the gun and we can plant it. We should go back to the woods. No, we've been there a bunch of times. You know, my dad cleaned it, whatever. They're all just going around and around. And Archie's just like, nope, I, we're not, I don't want to do this. I want to spend the last weekend doing something fun. I want to do something normal. And Veronica's just like, you know, whatever you want, Archie Kins. So what do we do? And in walks Cheryl Blossom being as extra as humanly fucking possible in her red serpent jacket. Those are clothes, I guess. She has shorts on with a bikini top and her serpent jacket and high heel boots. Whatever. It's Cheryl. (laughs) Uh, She spent an amazing three months uh, riding motorcycles cross country with Tony. And so they're going to have an epic end of the summer pool party at Thornhill, even though Archie's probably going to be walking the green mile. Yeah. (laughs) So everyone's invited. Oh, and I'm in the mood for some hell raising. Toodles. Riverdale. So now we're at the Cooper house and Polly's there with the twins and Betty's coming down and trying her damnedest to not be seen. Yeah, she does not want to engage because Polly's there. And Alice has become very zen. In not an unpositive way. No. They've offered some tea. Oolong tea. Oolong tea. It's incredible. It's an incredible detoxifier. Betty says no. And they're like, where are you going? Another therapy session? And Betty says, no, Dr. Glass is tomorrow. Okay. I love that they introduced the idea of therapy. Yes. Because it's desperately needed for everyone in this town. Well, we we talked about early on. Oh, she's going to go to therapy. Good. I like it. And Alice points out that, you know, we need to spend some quality time together before school starts. And Edgar thinks this is a good idea. And we find out that Edgar is from the farm. Now, we know from our preview podcast that we know that Edgar Evernever is the leader of the farm, which is our cult. So we don't have to go into all that. Betty immediately rolls her eyes and is like, nope. Talk about it later, Mom. We cut on over to the Andrews garage and Archie, Betty and Fred are working on the jalopy. Betty tells Mr. Andrews that it was very cathartic seeing him punch Hiram Lodge. They get the jalopy going and... Fred's all congratulatory, like, you did it. And Archie says, yeah, just in time. And Fred's just like, I'm going to go in the house. <laughs> Doing that Fred dad cry. Daddy cry. <laughs> also, I uh, I just need to point out, 
we did it, Dad. I was like, really? Because it looks like Betty did it, damn it. Betty probably did it, but it's just like boys to take credit for girls' work. A little bit. Whatever. Just I'm him, giving just... Betty credit on this okay, show. just let him have it. Just let him have it. <laughs> Archie asks Betty for a favor. He wants her to check in on his dad because his mom's going to go back to Chicago. He'll be all alone. Betty's just like, you don't need to put your house in order. And Archie's just not having any of it. Like, please, like, invite him to dinner. Check in on him. It's sweet. You get it. They are laying it on so thick as to what's going to happen here. A little. Cut on over to the Pembroke and Veronica is in a room. She is wearing her locket. No pearls. Mm-hmm. Just want to make sure we point that out. And Veronica goes and confronts her father. It's like, it's not going to work. You're trying to keep Archie away from me. You're going to fail. Hiram is just dismissing her and saying, you know, like, this boy has a a criminal history of violence. And, you know, I can't do anything to change that. It's beyond my control. This is one of the better scenes in the episode. No, it's it's just, it's very boilerplate for them. You know, Veronica's begging him. You know, I'm your only daughter. But there's a ton of subtext going on here that doesn't usually happen with their scenes. No. I don't, I don't get anything from this scene. This is very boilerplate. Oh my gosh, you flash to Hermione with this horrified look on her face and you're knowing, oh shit, Hermione is literally watching Hiram just rip apart the family bond that she has, probably knowing what this whole plan leads up to. Well, she's in on it. We get on over to the Sunnyside Trailer Park, at least what remains of the Sunnyside Trailer Park. There's like a tent city built up there. Well, didn't they go over to the, didn't they make their camp over by the river? Yeah, but we still have the trailer where the Joneses live. So not everything was out. But we got to, yeah, there's, it's weird. I don't really know what's going on. I thought it was still that camp and they just moved the trailer over there, but no, I could be they wrong. W- I don't think they would have moved the trailer. Bangs is there looking really hot, but where is his gunshot scar on his stomach? It healed really fast. He, yeah, he healed really fast. He's, you know, <laughs> three months, he's fine. You know, he's he's on boy. the edge of death. And we find out that they've been spying on the ghoulies, but they don't know what they're doing on the south side. Like, they don't know where their new lair is. But Jughead's like, we do not need a new gang war. We just need to know what Hiram's up to and what their what their involvement is. Yeah. Then we see FP given Archie a tattoo, like prison style, not even with like a real tattoo gun. And that really annoys me. That it's not an actual tattoo gun? Yeah, because we've seen the tattoo parlor. The tattoo parlor where Penny Peabody used to work. That guy's a serpent. So where's that dude with his tattoo machine? If that guy was in with Penny Peabody, how do we know he's a serpent anymore? Every single one of those serpents has a tattoo. Somebody else has a tattoo machine. Okay, I'm just going to go with it. Anyways, so it's very cheesy, but I will say they fixed Jughead's tattoo. I know he got it cut off by Penny Peabody, but he got a new replacement. It looks much better on his arm. (laughs) KJ has a slip in here with his accent. When he says savage, it's very much savage. Like it's split. It's it's one of those words. It's like, oh no. He had a couple of them, and then his hair was a little too red, and I was just like, did we just start this off this season, and everybody was kind of getting back into form? Because it kind of felt that way. Of, there's usually a little bit of that, but I think there's also been like a there's been a change. Like the characters have changed. We've done a time jump, so that's okay. But that's just one of those. Oh, that's a word he can't say. Yeah, he can't say it. So FP, Jughead, and Archie are having this conversation. Jughead mentions that there's going to be serpents in juvenile detention, so you can find them and sit with them. This tattoo's going to help you. But FP's like, yeah, Jughead, he's got a point. The, the inkles protect your body, but you really have to focus on your mind. That's the first thing that's going to go when you're locked up. I have experience. you got to keep your wits about your red. I love it when FP call refers to Archie as red. And then, and then just a little pop. On his arm where the tattoo is. Yeah, which is just mean and kind of hilarious. But Archie just smiles right back at him. Yeah. It's adorable and I love it. Yeah. We cut back over to the Cooper house and now we can fully see that Alice has gone full hippie. Your hair is very wavy and her makeup's relaxed and she's wearing flowy floral clothing. And she's got stacks and stacks of books. And Betty comes down and she goes, what are you doing with my diaries? Alice explains that she's been talking with Edgar and he thinks that we need to burn the diaries because they're just filled with the past and she's hanging on to them. Betty argues that Dr. Glass, her therapist, says that journaling is perfectly healthy 
And, you know, that's it's a great outlet. And then Alice starts going in about what Edgar's saying. And Betty has the best line. I actually, I, I pulled it because it's so good. What, Mom? What does some guru who's running a Heaven's Gate commune for pregnant runaways and wives of serial killers have to say about my diaries? So... I'm going to take maybe a controversial stance here. Mm-hmm. I kind of side with Alice a little bit. It- what what makes it bad and what makes it not good advice is the continual preface of Edgar Seth. Yes. That's the problem. She's she's being manipulated. But the actual advice she's giving mm-hmm. is not necessarily bad. Yes, it is. It's been three months. And Betty was specifically targeted by the Black Hood, who we now know to be her father. At least one of the Black Hoods was her father. I'm not giving that up. And it also purports that she would has to move on the same way on, on the same timeline as her mother. That is not okay. Different levels of grief and different people take different time. So if she needs years of just working through her journals and keeping them so she has them before she's ready to let them go, then that is her right. That is her right. It's also her mother's right to try to approach it this way. Because everything I get from Alice is this conflictedness. Yes, she's being manipulated, and we can't hide that part of it. But she's also not trying to force this on Betty. She's trying to... No, she's 100% trying to force this on Betty. Every time Betty enters the room, it's... Come have this tea. We need to talk. We need to spend time together. Like everything we've seen in this episode is that is Alice trying to make Betty on the same page as her with this issue. And Betty wants nothing to do with it and is trying to deal with things her own way. Alice is completely in the wrong. So Betty's like, um, yeah, I'm listening to my soul and it's telling me to get the hell away from your mother because she's been body snatched. <laughs> so Betty leaves and Polly comes in and says, Mom. There's something you need to know about Betty. Get okay, on over to the Thornhill. I love that we see Thornhill Mansion, like the burned carcass of Thornhill in ruins. And then there's this very lush pool in front of it. Oh, I missed that. But yeah. Oh, well. I, that was like some tarps, but you can see where Thornhill has been burned. Okay. Uh, and then we've got this lovely pool with velvet couches. And we see Josie and Sweet Pea talking to each other by the pool. Uh-huh. Apparently they've been having a summer fling, and Sweet Pea's excited to go to school so he can continue to see Josie. And Josie's like, uh-uh, I'm having fun. This has been great, but you, I'm not going to let you distract me from my my stuff. And then teases the shit out of him. Then we cut over to Moose and Kevin, who look very talented Mr. Ripley. That's just the vibe I get from both of them. This is a very good moment. Oh, it's so great. And so Kevin just goes, so Moose, you know those movies where friends make a pact to lose their virginity by the end of the school year? And Moose is just kind of like suspiciously going, uh. Uh, I've been thinking, uh, since we've been hanging out all summer, maybe we should make a similar pact of our own, but on a slightly accelerated timetable. Like, by Halloween at the latest. And then he just smirks and goes back to his book while Moose is going, uh, uh okay. Uh, uh, all right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I love this for a couple of reasons. I love that we find out that Kevin and Moose have been dating. Uh-huh. Um, whether that's publicly or not, I don't really care. I just love that they've been together. I love that we find out that Kevin is a virgin. Yeah. And that he believes Moose to be a virgin, at least with him. That's fine. I don't want to get into any of all those technicalities. I just love this information about the relationship. It makes <laughs> me happy. And I also kind of like that Kevin's like, we need to get going on this. It's just, it's, it's kind of fun. It makes me happy. I can't help myself. Uh, Kevin has all the power in that relationship. It's kind of hilarious. Adorable. Because he never, he's never had that before. Nope. So it's probably going to his head a little bit. Then we get this really creepy bro conversation between Reggie and Archie. I call this Broke's position. What? Broke's position. Exposition, but with bros. You need a better word for that, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, Reggie and Archie are throwing the football back and forth, and Archie's just giving Reggie the mantle. Ha 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 ha. That he has to keep help keep the peace with the serpents, and no more circles, dark or red or otherwise. And no way, bro. Done. The bloody chapter is over. Sick tat, by the way. 
<laughs> we get Cheryl being all sad sitting next to Tony and why are you sad, babe? What you think about? Very, very cute, but also weird. She calls her TT and I'm like, uh uh-uh. TT is gross. No. Not just because it sounds like she's calling her urine, but it's just gross. Call her Tony. Tony or t- like T. Tea. Tea. Just tea. Call her tea. Or like my jewel, because topaz, whatever. I don't care, but TT is no. Make <laughs> it stop. And Cheryl just talks about how Archie saved her life during that time she had lost hope, and she just wishes there was something she could do to save him. It's sad. Mm-hmm. But Archie is tan and ripped. Of course he is. Is it he... possible Archie got hotter? No, he didn't. <laughs> Archie got hot. <laughs> Grab that ginger the horns <laughs> episode one that was great that was like within the first 10 minutes it was wonderful betty and veronica are now talking about the pool and veronica's just really upset she wanted to testify against her father but mary and sierra wouldn't let her well it's after the closing arguments well, like yeah. i looked at the context again on that and it was like well no you can't because it's done the jury's deliberating yeah well whatever Josie comes by and is just like, hey, you didn't hear this from me, but the jury is being sequestered at the Five Seasons, third floor, room 301. Also, fun fact, this is episode 301. I'm guessing now, since we've already seen it with 302, I have a feeling there's going to be a sly reference every episode to what episode it is. That's the dumbest thing ever. I've seen other shows do that, where they kind of call out either the title, they say the title in the show of whatever the episode is... Like, they do little things like that. I'm fine if they want to add some whimsy, because this show is fucking weird. Okay? Yeah, I would rather they not do the whimsy and keep diving into the weird. You can have both. We, we can have both. Veronica's decided that she's going to get one jury member on her side. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Every time they dip into the storyline mm-hmm. throughout the episode, it gets dumber and dumber as it goes along. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's almost as though they've dug themselves this hole, and they think the only way to fix it is just to dig deeper. Yeah, let's go all in on the stupidity. It's so bad. Jughead's eating again, and he sees Dilton standing outside of the group by some hedges. And Dilton's looking weird, and Dilton's kind of looking back and forth. And Jug- it just kind of registers with Jughead that Dilton's over there, but... Then uh, we get Moose and Fang saying, they've got hot dog. Those bastards have hot dog. I'm pretty sure it's him. I don't think they're feeding him because he's looking kind of skinny. Okay, so basically they decide they have to go on a stealth mission to get hot dog. But no gang war. We're just going to clip it, go. (laughs) Yeah. And Betty's like, are you sure you want to do that? Because the last time you were with the ghoulies, you were beaten within an inch of your life. He'll have backup this time. Betty's just like, okay, I'm coming with you. And we get a horrible, the most cringeworthy line of the whole episode. The Serpent Queen is a warrior queen. If you're there, I'm there on the front lines. No. You're fucking 16 years old. You're basically the queen of shit. Like, this is ridiculous. This is the third season of the show, and they still haven't figured out how to write for her. And figure out right for anybody, really. But she's so fucking good, and she you just is keep... good. She can polish a turd. She polishes turd. This ain't one of those moments, and it's not her fault. Nope, it's not at all. No, they all get excited. Let's go bring do- hot dog home. Great, whatever. Meanwhile, let's dig this stupid subplot deeper for Archie. We go over to Archie's house, and Mary and Fred are going over things. They're talking about how they tried to pick the jury in Archie's favor, but maybe it backfired. And Mary's just, she's like, maybe if I hadn't been in Chicago, this wouldn't have happened. Like, she's doing the mom blame herself thing. And big old dumb Archie. Well, no, this is not big dumb Archie. He's coming in and says, you know, you shouldn't blame yourselves. It was my fault. I took Hiram's side, and it was the stupidest thing I ever could have done. And so whatever happens... I get what I deserve. This is Archie being Archie. This isn't dumb that's just being like, I did stupid shit, and if this is the consequences, I'm going to take it. This is actually very mature. It's misplaced in that he's willing to accept blame for murder, which was not his responsibility. But Archie sees his part has hurt the people he loves the most, so he feels like he deserves punishment. You know, thinking about it now, as cheesy as this gets, Mm -hmm. there's a certain weird Archie logic to it Uh that at the end, I I, kind of feel myself going, well, 
It's dumb how you it's did it. It's on brand for Archie. Yeah, I mean, I how you executed it is so shitty, but yeah, like I, and, I buy the internal logic. And I will say this with this part of the story with Archie's rationale, the way it's built is done very well in the episode. So we see him apologizing to his parents and just saying, you guys did everything right. I'm the one who screwed up. But I do love wonderful, perfect Fred. He says, no, you're a good kid. You got manipulated by a mobster and you do not deserve to be framed for murder. Fred Andrews to the rescue. Like he's the voice of reason. And Fred sees where Archie's head is at. Like, I get it, but you're a child. This guy took advantage of you. Not even Mary gets him. Because even She's Mary's just, just here. like, but here's you the don't deserve to fall, take the fall for murder. Now we have another history of adults taking advantage of Archie. Uh-huh. Grundy took advantage of him, and Hiram has taken advantage of him. Who's the next one? Gargoyle King. <laughs> Maybe he'll learn. Maybe he'll learn some shit in prison. Okay, we go over to the five season, and Veronica decides to pretend to be a housekeeper, and Sheriff Mineta was there waiting for her, because Hiram told him she would do that. I hate this so much. Okay. I hate it so fucking much. So, Veronica gets picked up at the sheriff station by Hermione. Hermione's yelling at her, and she says, I'll do respect, Veronica. You're his daughter, and that affords you a certain amount of protection that I don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. He'll never harm a hair on your head, and I can't say the same for myself. I will not leave you alone in a world with him. I'm a prisoner, Veronica, but I am not his puppet. Yay! It's the thing I've been waiting like a season and a half for. They've done a really shitty job with Hermione. Yes, because they've waited too long to give us this moment. True. But also, we never see Hermione under, like, working against Hiram. Not yet. We got one hint of it back when she was the boss with Archie and Andre. But that was so long ago. How do we know that that's still in play? Because Andre's gone. Andre's dead. So. Yeah. It's a shitty writing job by them to not have brought us this moment sooner in the thread line. If she is going to come somehow come run an end around on Hiram, mm-hmm. then it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The only thing I can think is that her plan is to not only run this end around, but also come out with his fortune. And that is the big long game she's trying to play with which she knows she's got to go with him to keep the money flowing in before she can finally make her move. What we need are more moments of her and Veronica and her reminding Veronica I am stuck. There is nothing I can do to get out of this right now, which is not true. But we need to know what her plan is and her plan with Veronica is. We should have known that we way should have long a ago. better idea of what her end game is. Exactly. We should have known that halfway through season and two. We should have a better idea of who is on her side because I have a feeling. We're going to have Smithers show up out of the blue here this season again to be like, he's been my man on the inside, blah, 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 which is bad. It's just bad and lazy storytelling. All right. We go over to the ghoulie territory where Jughead busts out hot dog. And just as he cuts the chain on the dog, who shows up but Penny Peabody? <laughs> what a predictable moment. Mm-hmm. I do like that they're that they're sitting there and he's eating chips and they're just like, Okay, we've been here for like an hour. Just go get him. There's nobody here. Yeah. (laughs) Penny comes out. She calls him Jonesy. Betty wants to go after them. And and Cheryl just says, not yet, cousin. Not yet. Yanks her back. Yeah, it's pretty good. Love it. Penny yells at him for having his scouts on the ghoulies. And, you know, Jughead says, I was looking for hot dog. And now that we got him, we're good. And Penny's like, okay, give me your jacket because you're not on the south side anymore. You're not serpents. Which is stupid. Jughead's just like, really? You want my jacket? Penny has a line about his, you know, we can take it off your limp dead body. And, oh, I heard Ponytail's a serpent now. You're North Side Queen. I love that Penny refers to Betty as Ponytail. It's so good. It's very snarky, and I love it. Jughead's like, fine, you can have the jacket as long as you and the ghoulies stay out of the North Side. And then we get Malachi, who was the leader of the ghoulies, Shows up, starts yelling, you don't get to make any demands, and arrow to the shoulder, and Cheryl is right there with her bow, Little Red Riding Hood, and Jughead's like, Cheryl! I told you I was in the mood for a little trouble. All of the ghoulies start coming, and 
Penny says, you know, all right, kill them all. And Jughead yells, Cheryl, aim your next arrow between Penny's eyes. And she does. And Penny raises her hand. It's like, okay, y'all stop. Stop, <laughs> stop what you're doing. Penny's just like, you know, okay, congratulations. Now the North Side is fair game. And Jughead's just like, whatever, I'm going. And Penny's just like, see you soon, Jonesy. So they all head off and go. Oh, yay. We just contrived a situation to get the ghoulies back in play. They were always back in play. We didn't need this. I know. There's so many things that they did in this episode that it was like, well, we knew this was going to happen. Why did you bother? I like that they showed us where they moved some pieces on the chessboard. Because that's what they did. They did a three-month time jump. So they just they have to show us what's going on. And that's okay. I think they did too much in one episode. We get to Archie and he has a flashback of running through the woods after Cassidy and then we figured out it's a dream, but just before he wakes up, he sees blood on his hands and he, the gun in his hand, which never actually happened. Well, but also Cassidy is him, and then the killer is him, and then it's him, and it's it's so badly done. Yeah, he wakes up in a cold sweat, and then he goes and works on the car again. We head over to the trailer. F.P.'s talking to Jughead, and he goes, uh, Dilton came by to see you. He did? What, what did he say? No, I wouldn't talk. Weird kid. <laughs> you are not wrong, FP. How is Hot Dog? And we see the return of the S shirt, the Southside t-shirt, which I love. We They, they just start talking about, you know, how how's it going? Uneasy sits the crown and Jughead's just like, so Penny's got the North si- Side on her sights. Uh, Cheryl's a loose cannon. Betty's a target and we're not even Southside serpents anymore. And FP just says, screw the Southside. You're a serpent by blood and no one can take that from you. Which is fair. Like, I appreciate that even FP's like, it's just a label. Yeah. It's just a label. That's always been FP's argument. And we hear a car horn. Aruga! Yeah, it's very Aruga, which I love. I mean, clearly it's the jalopy. We know it's the jalopy. Yeah. We head on over to the Cooper house, and Polly and Alice are here to confront Betty with some stuff. The pharmacy called. They can't complete your Adderall prescription because you had one refilled in Greendale two weeks ago. Betty's like, nah, they must have their dates mixed up. I'll call Dr. Glass. Except there is no Dr. Glass. Polly did some digging. And Polly has the most evil look on her face we've ever seen. I love it. So we get this whole argument about how they're worried about Betty because she's lying about going to therapy. And she made up a psychiatrist. And she's she's on medication that she shouldn't be on. Which are very valid arguments. Valid concerns. Betty does argue, you're giving me a hard time about a prescription that you shoved in my hands last year. So Alice was the one pushing Adderall on Betty. Yeah, I know. Which is really bad for somebody like Betty, who's clearly dealing with different issues. Mm -hmm. Alice is like, well, that was before Edgar explained the dangers of pharmaceuticals. And then we get in all this crap about Edgar ever and ever, you know, what is he selling you? And this is just ridiculous. And... Betty's just like, you know, this weird oolong milk and burning my dyers is going to help you get over the fact that dad murdered four people and then tried to kill us. I think you're in denial, mom. And Polly shoots right back at her with a very valid argument. That's the first time you've said dad in months. And you can call me crazy, but the farm helped me. They healed me. They're helping mom and they can help you. But the first thing you have to do is admit that you're sick, which is not entirely unfair, but it's still coming from a source that is not reliable. It's this weird line they're towing where I'm like, I agree with everything you're saying. It's totally for the wrong reasons. Yeah. But I understand the argument. We get the car horn again. So Betty's going to go. She just looks and kind of goes, ah, escape. (laughs) Yeah. We see the four in the jalopy driving down. With Veronica wrapped in a kerchief. Very drama. Okay, of course. But you know, they're all happy. They arrive at the swimming hole. Archie yells, last one in gets a sticky maple, which is gross. (laughs) But funny. Yeah, they all take off their clothes and jump in in their underwear, which I don't really have a problem. Whatever. You know, we see a sign, no swimming after Labor Day. So, okay, this is their last weekend. And then we get to a campfire and we get this really horrible conversation about, hey, Archie, why don't you just make a run for it? Because there are some people who can help you, serpents on the north. This is so bad. Further down the stupid hole. Yeah, uh, your friends are dumb. And Archie's just like, I'm guilty. I didn't kill Cassidy, but I left him alone. And if maybe if I hadn't walked away, like, I get it. This is all 
internal monologue that for some reason we're having the characters speak out loud. That's why it's so stupid. Because this is a television show and Archie is not the narrator. I get it, but there's a way to do that and just look at their faces. You can read all of this in his face. Yeah. You don't have to say it. So then we cut to, okay, Jughead and Betty. It's later in the evening. Betty's like stacking rocks and they're talking and Betty explains, you know, I'm not ready for the summer to be over because I don't think I can handle what's coming next. All I've done is work on Archie's case. I haven't stopped or slept and I've, I just have been trying to avoid everything. So maybe my mom and Polly are right and maybe I should stop taking Adderall and maybe start seeing a therapist for real. Yes. All good points. Yes. And she's just saying that she just is terrified of what's going to happen because she's just concerned. And Jughead is very reassuring and says, you know, from now on, we're partners in serpents and life, all of it. And he takes his beanie and he puts it on Betty, which is beyond fucking cheesy, but it's sweet and I'll allow it. It could be so bad. Yes. But the look that they, they give they each other well. is so real and genuine that it's mm-hmm. just like, I love it. I mean, the squeeze from the universe could not have been more felt when I saw that. I said, yeah, there's going to be a lot of Betty with the Jughead beanie cosplay from now on. I just love her face, where at the same time as her being aw, she's totally looking at him being like, that was so dumb. Really? Like, <laughs> this is cheesy, but I love you for doing it. It's uh-huh. fine. It's fine. It's adorbs. So then we get over to unnecessary Archie undressing Veronica by the fire. Ugh. It just felt gross. Yeah. I know they're going to have sex. We could have just seen them starting to make out and then cut directly to them naked under the blanket. That's yeah. fine. The awkward undressing just felt gross. It was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. However, the scene I actually dig for like the first two thirds of it. Yeah, Archie's all like, Ronnie. And Veronica says, whatever you're about to say, Archie, please don't make me cry. <laughs> Veronica's like, you know, I'm going to be on the, the, the bus every week with all the other prison widows. And Archie's just like, no, uh, I want you to move on. And Veronica just jumps right in. She's like, you are not breaking up with me. Like, (laughs) it's just not happening. And then Archie is just like, the thing that keeps me up most nights isn't that I might get shivved. It's that I won't be able to graduate with you guys. (sighs) You are so dumb, Archie. Oh, we were waiting. There's our big dumb Archie moment. I I did like him saying shivved because (laughs) it's so ridiculous. Then we have the next day. And Fred and Mary are like, you know, Archie, you ready to go? And Archie's got his little suit with his bow tie on. And he says, goodbye to Vegas. <laughs> he says, goodbye to Vegas. not good. And then they walked out the door and Vegas just sat down. <sighs> so then we go to the trailer. You know, there's a knock at the door. FP opens. And it's Dilton. And he's like, hey, is Jughead home? And it's like, yeah. And Dilton's twitchy. He's very robotic. Uh-huh. And Jack is like, Dilton, it's not a good time, okay? And Dilton just goes, Ben and I, we, we thought it was a game, a stupid role-playing game, but it's not. It's so much more. He's real. And Jack is like, what? I got to go to Archie's trial. And Dilton's like, the, the Gargoyle King. And Jughead's kind of like, okay, do you just want to wait here for a little bit, get some rest, and we can talk about it when I get back? And Dilton's just nodding his head, and he's just very disoriented, and he sits down like a robot. And just stares into space while he's in the trailer. I love this so much. Oh, I do too. This is my favorite part of everything. I love Dilton. I love that actor. I'm glad he's brought back. A lot of people didn't realize it was the same guy because he has long hair now. But I love it. We go over to the courtroom. Jury's deadlocked. They want to dismiss. Miss Wright says, you know, hey, we've got a plea deal instead of a miss if, you know, instead of doing this again. And she's just like, instead of prison, time served plus two years of juvenile detention if he pleads guilty to manslaughter. And Archie says, I'll take the deal. Everyone's screaming, no, no. The judge is like, are you going to do that against the advice of your counsel, who also happens to be your mother? And Archie's like, yeah, I'm guilty. I'm, I'm doing this. Judge says, okay, you'll be taken directly to the courthouse to uh, the Leopold and Loeb Juvenile Detention Center. Love it. So silly. It's silly, but I love it. Jughead's just like, I'm sorry, Mom. And she's like, I love you. And he's getting handcuffs on him. And as they're walking out, he's like, I love you, Veronica. And Veronica's just, no, 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 you can't take him. And makes eyes with her with Hiram. And it, it's going to get bad. Okay. So. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. 
But the second time around, with the telegraphing they did, I felt a little bit more like they earned it. I just wish it was the jury decided he was guilty. I wish it was the jury decided that they couldn't charge him with murder. Or maybe suggested manslaughter. But then... Or accessory to murder or something like that. Correct. That the judge said there's been an update. We're allowing you to consider the lesser charge of manslaughter. And the jury says we find him guilty. Yeah. And then we see Archie. Everybody... The same stuff gets played out. The exact same. Because Archie in this moment wants to accept some kind of responsibility. Mm -hmm. He's got the guilt. I agree in that it's dumb that he's the one who accepts it. Yeah. But the logic that they played with plays out that way. We could have had all the same character moments with Archie leading up to this point without this stupid, stupid decision. That's what I don't like because this is in a long line of stupid Archie decisions. So it's almost like, okay, you're willing to take responsibility by doing something stupid. Yeah. So that's what I don't like. I don't like the lack of character growth on that point. We cut back over to the Andrews house and we see Vegas staring at the door waiting for Archie, all sad and pathetic, and it makes me cry. But Mary is talking with Fred and she's like, you know, I've already written the appeal. I'll file it from Chicago. And as soon as we get a date, I'll come back. Fred says, you know, we'll get him home, Mary. And then we hear one way or another and we pan over to the living room and we see FP and Tom Keller. And the one way or another was Tom Keller. And then FP says, you have our word. Like, hot dads of Riverdale meeting. Depressed hot dads of Riverdale. Pissed hot dads of Riverdale. (laughs) Well, and and they see this as if Hiram could do this to Archie, they could do it to any one of our kids. And that is not okay. And then we get another Fred line that says, you know, I'm going to prove that Hiram Lodge framed our son and I'm going to make that son of a bitch pay. And then FP also says, whatever it takes. Uh Uh-huh. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Go over to the Pembroke and the Lodges are arriving home. Uh, Hermione gets a call and says, you know, this is Mayor Lodge and walks out. And Veronica just starts laying into her dad. This is what you wanted. You threatened him. You destroyed his life uh, because he threatens you. And Hiram is just like, nope, you betrayed me. This is your punishment. Oh, it was such a good delivery. This, This was a good scene because he's just like, you chose that boy over your own blood. This is my own daughter. This is your punishment. Like, this has nothing to do with him. Seriously? You yeah. don't you don't get this? Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. This is where Veronica is very short-sighted. She is. But. I love the turnaround. But, oh, I loved it. I loved it. And I like that Veronica just looks at him and says, you don't have a daughter anymore. V okay. suddenly got way more interesting. She's got stakes. There are yeah. stakes for her. Yeah. There have never really been stakes before. We've had this arc where Betty's. Betty's writing's getting worse, but Veronica's is getting better. So now things get crazy. Yes! So Jughead's back at the trailer, and Dilton's not there, but he sees this roll of paper on the table, and he opens it up, and he sees this weird creature drawn on it, and then he turns it over, and we see a map on some graph paper with some weird symbols, and Jughead, you know, takes it over to his weird murder board chart, and he, he figures out where... The paper map matches up with his map of the town, and it matches Fox Forest Park. Uh-huh. Then we cut to Archie. He's on the prison bus. And I am digging this dark synth music it's for very what's good. about to happen. Uh, he's wearing Adidas, so lovely product placement. And then we pass a, a Riverdale sign that has those same weird symbols that were on the map. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We see Jughead in the woods, and it's very dark, and he comes upon this weird altar with the same creature that's been made out of sticks and whatever that he saw drawn on the map and he sees Dilton and Ben face down in the dirt with symbols carved in their backs there's candles there's a drink of some sort and he's he's next to Dilton and Ben starts moving and Ben is foaming blue stuff from his mouth Jughead screaming you know Ben Ben you know Dilton oh my god come on help 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 then we cut over to the Cooper house and Betty's coming down the stairs and she's she's like, Mom, Polly. And she sees outside and you've got Polly and Alice each have one of the twins and there's a fire and there's about four other people. There's a gentleman and then three other people because I counted because I kind of wanted to keep tabs on who was who might be there. And they, they have these babies and they're holding the babies over the fire and then they basically drop the babies and then the babies kind of fly up and then Betty 
just kinds of falls over and then we see her start to have a seizure and then Alice comes over and is like, oh my goodness, help, Betty, help. Riverdale. Yeah. Those weren't babies. They were babies. No, those were her diaries. She's hallucinating. She's hallucinating. Hallucinations are actually a common side effect to Adderall withdrawals. Okay. So she went cold turkey. Well, if her prescription was out, yeah, she went cold turkey. Would that exp- So seizures, though, I would don't, those be a side effect as well? I don't know. I, I wouldn't put it past her. Also, you know, if they just broke her brain, who knows what might happen. I, I mean, your body can do some weird shit in response to withdrawals and grief. But they went full Eldritch Horror, and I love it! Yeah. Um, oh, so, the goo so and the ritual sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. So I, I like the idea that they didn't burn the babies because they didn't burn the babies, but that those are actually her diaries. I could think that would be cool. Well, so. But what, regardless, there's some ritual going on and she's hallucinating. Well, because what I saw, I, I knew it couldn't have been the babies because we see the babies held up and they actually drop. Like they do, you yeah, see they them drop, drop, but then they, they fly. And then you see somehow they are floating, even though you saw them actually go yeah. down. I immediately just went, she's not seeing any of this. That's her actual diaries, mm-hmm. and they're doing a ritual without her knowing about it. Yeah. Because she's totally fucking in her head about this. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, all I care about is Jughead finding weird shit in the woods. And the Gargoyle King. Oh, yeah. That is all I care about. <laughs> it's nuts. I liked it again on second watch. That was better. If you caught our drive through episode on our Patreon, we, we just felt like there was so much going on. This is definitely an episode you need to watch more than once to catch everything. Well, I didn't buy the, the Archie logic at all. Mm-hmm. And on second viewing, it tied together a whole lot more. Yeah. Once you know what that outcome's going to be, you start to see all the breadcrumbs they're trying to leave there. Mm. And even though it's clumsy, it does make sense at the end what happens. I don't really care because we've got two nutso dudes being possessed or summoned by an evil force in the woods. Yeah. I mean... In Fox Forest, which I believe is where we hung the Reaper. Maybe, but that's also where Kevin used to go cruising. Uh-huh. Which is also probably where, I can't remember off the top of my head, how you get to that back entrance to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Yeah, there's a whole Yeah, there's some shit going down in the shit. woods, which feels very much like the other podcast we're on. Creepy. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what that is, we are members of the tabletop RPG podcast Kids on Bikes. So, yeah, we're cast members of that, and there's some witches, and it's crazy, and it's fun. So you can find us that everywhere you listen to your podcast. This is great. I have not watched the next time on, so we have to go do that. we got to go fix that. Okay, well, like, as usual, we're going to ha- play some music, and then after the music, we'll talk about the next time on preview. So if you want to know nothing about that. Once you hear the music, you can turn off. Of course, if you're listening to us, thank you so much. Uh, we do have a Patreon where we are including Riverdale drive through episodes, our quick takes, and those go up on Fridays after a new episode. If you're not ready to be a Patreon member, we totally understand, but please consider uh, going on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and leaving us a review. It's a really helpful way to get our podcast in front of new people, and it costs you nothing but a little bit of time. Mother forking shirt balls. Nice. Good place reference. So looks like just shit's going to keep going on. There's going to be a prison riot. Veronica's going to wear a blonde wig to prison, which is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. Dilton's dead. Yeah, that's sad because I like Dilton. I know, but it makes a little bit of sense. They should have killed Ben. Well, Ben's probably dead too. Okay, well, one of them better be alive, and I really hope it's Dilton, because I don't want him to be dead, because he's a cool character, and they could have a lot more fun with him. Buddy and Jughead go searching in the woods. They find a gargoyle king. There. Or do they? they well, they, they find that same creepy sculpture. So and they, they find a tree demon who turns around and looks at them. That could be the same thing. I don't know. Yeah, but... we, don't, we don't exactly know. Also, what I will say is the blonde wig may make sense. 
because they're monitoring to watch if Veronica's going, so it may be a disguise thing. Okay, I'll buy it, but it's still bad, so she's still dressed like Veronica, so I know. it's not fooling nobody. We meet Evelyn Evernever, uh-huh. uh, who we talked about in our season three preview. That is Edgar's daughter, and she's definitely trying to befriend Betty. So she was in that group at her house, for Which sure. Which means the dude is totally Edgar. That's gotta yeah, be the him. dude has to be Edgar. And so we've got that. We see Ethel. So Ethel's back. Ethel doing like a weird, weird arm thing. So I, I really hope I'm right about Ethel with my predictions. I really hope she's class president and she's turned into a full revengeful bitch. It's either that or she knows about the Gargoyle King. Or she's heard. She's heard about the Gargoyle King. I mean, Ethel does know everything low key. She does. And she's weird. And, and she's been to the upside down. So. <laughs> Barb. <laughs> oh, Ethel Barb. I'm really excited about 302. Shit's gonna get so weird and I love it. We love weird. This show when the show gets just a bit ridiculous, it's fun. When it gets ridiculous, yes, but they've never gone in the full on let's go for weird direction. They went Twin Peaks for the first season, second season I don't know what the fuck they're doing, and we know that this season that they were heavily influenced by True Detective season one. That's a great, I mean, that's a great roadmap. We've said that several times now. So I'm here for it. That gets back to that let's go dark season and, one territory. And then also with, with Sabrina happening, just we're going to be fine with supernatural elements or seemingly supernatural elements. I think this is going to be psychological more than yeah, anything. I agree. Especially with that Adderall stuff playing yeah. in. I think we're seeing a lot more than we realize, but the weird factor of it the unknowable factor yeah of no it and i'm fine i'm fine with all that just makes me yeah. so giddy to see because nobody's really been willing to do that and riverdale looks like it's gonna be that show i'm cool with it and i hope tonight with the new episode it will be we'll have to wait and see all right until next time hashtag go bulldogs <laughs>